My name is Chris Bounds, and I teach in the School of Theology and Ministry. It is my privilege this morning to introduce to you Reverend Garrett Howe. Garrett is a recent alumnus of Indiana Wesleyan University, where he served for a number of years as the student body chaplain while he majored in Christian ministries. After graduation, he founded Awaken Ministries, which partners with local churches in raising up young leaders to see revival in the church. Awaken seeks to accomplish this vision by providing leadership events through retreats, conferences, and worship services. Coupled with leadership coaching from a group of gifted mentors. Now, I have the privilege of serving on Awaken Ministries board, and I have seen how God is using Garrett in this ministry, Awaken Ministries, as a catalyst for revival in the body of Christ. Garrett is a gifted preacher, a gifted leader, spiritual coach, and someone committed to the neglected work of prayer in seeking revival in the body of Christ today. If you would, please join with me as we welcome Garrett to bring our morning message. Thank you, Dr. Mounts, so much. Good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 22. 2 Kings 22 is where we're going to be. As Dr. Bounds said, uh, my name is Garrett Howell, and I'm the CEO of Awaken Ministries. Uh, just like he was saying, Awaken was founded on a prayer for revival. So scripturally, revival happens when there are spiritual leaders raised up in the church. So we do a lot of retreats, uh, worship nights, conferences that raise up leaders, as well as a lot of leadership coaching. Uh, just before we jump into 2 Kings 22, I want to let you know something. I would love, love, love it if you would join our talk back session today, immediately following this chapel at 11.15, we're going to have free lunch and a talk back session in the second level of the chapel auditorium. So you got these doors, go upstairs, kind of by the prayer loft area at 11.15. That is an incredible way if you want to talk more about this sermon. If you want to just dialogue more about what God's speaking to your heart, or you want to find out more about Awaken Ministries, that's the spot to do it. It's going to be a really good time. If you're, not if you're not available then, we have another one at 1220. So if you have class immediately following chapel, come right back. Go upstairs to Chapel Auditorium. There'll still be free pizza, free lunch, and a discussion then. If you are not available either of those times, we're going to give another option at the end of chapel for you to connect with us. It's just a huge priority for me today to make that available. I would love that to happen, okay? It'd be awesome. Let's pray real quick. In this moment of silence, would you just give the Holy Spirit permission to speak to your heart? Just silently, just between you and him, just tell him, Lord, you can speak to me. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Kings chapter 22, we're going to start in verse 1. Josiah was eight years old 
when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jedida, daughter of Adea. She was from Bozkath. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, the son of Meshullam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that's been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrust it to men appointed to supervise the work on the temple. And have these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord. Skip with me to verse 10. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the high priest, Ahikam son of Shaphan, Akbar son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and Isaiah the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and the people for all Judah about what is written in the book of the law that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because we, those who have gone before us, have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning it. Josiah comes from a wicked family, okay? His father is an evil king. His grandfather, King Manasseh, quite possibly one of the most wicked kings in all history. So he doesn't have a great shot at doing great things for God, you'd think. There are seven good kings in the entire reign of Judah before Josiah. Only seven. So he's not exactly starting off with this great family. And one of the things I pick up out of this passage is kind of a timeline of Josiah's life. And I'd like to give you part of that timeline. Some of this comes from the book of Chronicles. When Josiah is eight years old, he becomes king. When Josiah is 16 years old, it says that he starts to seek the Lord. So this is the point where his personal relationship with Yahweh begins. Something stirs in him at the age of 16. Age 20. The Bible says that at age 20, Josiah goes throughout the land and begins to remove the idols, okay? Removes the, the, the mediums, the spiritists, the bales, the asherahs, just rids it of all this stuff. And then at age 26, we have this moment we just read. Age 26, this moment where they're restoring the temple because the temple's been destroyed, and they discover the book of the law. Just look at this timeline for a second. Eight years old, becomes king. Sixteen, starts to seek God. Twenty, removes the idols. Twenty-six, restores the temple, finds the book of the law. There are all sorts of things you could say about this timeline. One thing really interests me. Something starts right here. There's a four-year gap right here. And all we know about this dude's life is he's seeking the Lord. That's a long time. That's the length of a college career. So something happens between here and here that changes him. Because everything over here is about Josiah being changed. Everything over here is about the nation of Israel being changed. So something starts right here that leads to this outward transformation. 
And when he discovers the book of the law, there's something he does. I want to read it to you. It's from chapter 23. Even the altar at Bethel, the high place made by Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who had caused Israel to sin, even that altar and high place Josiah demolished. Hundreds of years before King Josiah, there's this king named Jeroboam. And what Jeroboam does is he goes to the city of Bethel and he decides to put an idol there. So something that people are going to come to from all across Israel to worship. And it was literally a high place, okay? So picture a hill that they would walk up because they thought as you got higher in elevation, like up mountains, up hills, as you got closer to the sky, you had a better place to worship the gods, so there's this high place at Bethel. And catch this, Jeroboam made this high place way back when Israel first started. So all those seven good kings that have come since that time before Josiah, not one of the seven removes Bethel. Hezekiah doesn't do it. Asa doesn't do it. Jehoshaphat doesn't do it. I mean, you can go through all the great men and women of God in that period of history and nobody touches Bethel. So as you look at this timeline, possibly the highest point, I mean, possibly the best thing, not just in his life, maybe in all the reign of the kings of Judah is the destruction of Bethel. Somebody's finally willing to say, we're getting rid of this high place. It's causing everybody to sin. He makes that decision when this one happens. Imagine this for a moment. You're 26 years old. You've never read the Bible. You've never experienced the Holy Spirit's conviction and quickening of your heart through the living word of God. And in this one moment, it's like his heart comes alive. And he tears his robes and he goes, what are we doing? We're missing the picture. All my fathers are wrong. And something happens in him at that moment that leads to this total transformation of Israel. And guys, as we look at this passage and process it, what I believe we're learning is something has to happen in us before we go and change the world. Something has to shift here before I can go change society. That's the story of Josiah's life. And I would say this, revival, a great movement of God in culture, could be summarized in this very simple prayer. Start with me. God, make me the first person changed. I want to show you an illustration of what this might look like. Let's say the tank represents your life, okay? So this tower in the tank is going to represent your high place. So something in your life that's causing you 
to focus on other things other than God. Something that's drawing your attention away from God. For this tank to have revival, the tower, the high place, has got to come out. Another way you could describe this tower is this is your Bethel. Something in your life that maybe has been standing for a long time that needs to change before you have revival. So what you and I have to do is you have to say, Holy Spirit, would you give me the discernment to identify this? What is this? What's the tower in my tank? And removing that is preparing the way for revival. This tank represents society, culture around us. And, and culture, too, has a Bethel. And there are lots of uh, ideas about what the Bethel of your generation might be. A lot of people think the Bethel, this tower, is sexual sin. So a lot of people think your generation's Bethel is just pornography. That that tower is in the tank, it's in our generation, and it's keeping us from having revival. I don't know what the tower is, but the same concept applies. Society having revival means we get rid of Bethel. It means we destroy it, we throw it down. But we have to have people to do that. We have to have Josiahs to destroy that. And can I tell you this? You are not ready to come against spiritual strongholds until you've dealt with your Bethel. This comes before this. Start with me. God, start with me. It's got to start here. Because let me tell you something. The spiritual power and discernment that is needed to tackle the Bethel of a generation, a family, or a school is going to require you to deal with your Bethel first. I'm wondering if some of you aren't in this four-year period right now in your story. You're in this four-year period where God is doing something in you because he's preparing you to go do something in the culture. And if God's calling you here to see revival in society, then he's first calling you to see it in yourself. To start with me. I'm going to say something to you that I have never felt led to say ever to an audience. A couple months ago when I knew I was going to be speaking at this chapel, I felt like the Lord laid something incredibly specific on my heart to say to someone in this audience today. I think there's a freshman in the room that God is calling to the work of revival. Again, just 
I'm just going to let that sit. I felt like that was for somebody. I think there's a freshman in here who's being called to that. And this message is for everybody. I mean, it's for sophomores, juniors, seniors, faculty, staff. I mean, this is for everybody. But I just, I felt the Lord very specifically say, okay, there's a freshman somewhere in here that God brought to IWU specifically for this reason. And if that's you, God's calling you to be a Josiah. But if he's calling you there, he's calling you here first. One of my favorite things about this passage is when you really dig into the story of Josiah, you're going to start noticing there are all these crazy words that get used. Josiah desecrates the high places. He demolishes the, the altars. I mean, he's doing all these radical things to deal, to deal with Bethel. And if you're here and God's stirring you saying, yes, I want to start in you, radical action must be taken. You don't deal with the tower in your tank, be like, oh, I'm just going to kind of take care of this. There's an urgency to this. Revival is a call to destroy something. Radical action must be taken. I want to think a little more about this. It's so interesting to me that Josiah finds the book of the law. It's interesting. It happens at 26. It's interesting to me because the reason he finds the book of the law is because he's restoring the temple. So catch this. Don't miss this. He's doing what he knows he should do. He's being obedient with what God's already revealed to him, and then his crucial encounter with God happens. Don't miss that. You can posture yourself in your life to experience a greater level of brokenness over the word of God. I understand you guys have heard the word all the time. You come to chapel three times a week to hear the word of God. But guess what? There can come a moment where the spirit of God awakens the word in your heart as if you heard it for the first time. And when that happens, that is the catalyst to seeing revival in your heart. Posture yourself for brokenness. Obedience invites God to do that in your life. I love, uh, I love how the, the theme of your chapel for this semester is stories. I love that. That's so cool to me. Um, a little bit of my story. So I graduated from here a couple years ago in 2013. And as a freshman, felt God call me to this. Felt like God said, Garrett, I want you to pray for revival. And I can tell you that in my story, this has so been the case. That as God called me here to society, I felt him stirring in me a need to deal with my own self first. You can posture yourself for that experience of brokenness, of being obedient to the Lord. Does the prayer start with me? These canvases are part of my story too.
So last year, Awaken Ministries, uh, we traveled the nation. We did conferences, retreats, worship nights. We felt like God was burning this vision on our hearts. So we had an artist uh, create these canvases and, and paint on them the words, start with me. And our challenge at all our events was, hey, if you're here and you want this, you want to see personal revival for the sake of personal evangelism and revival in society, come sign this canvas. Come make this statement. Come declare this. I mean, I, I believe God is raising up young people in this generation that are saying, I'm doing this. I'm all in. I'll destroy my Bethel because I want to see revival in society. I think that's what God wants for you here today, especially for somebody specific here today. Is that you would pray that prayer, start with me. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back up. I don't know what this is for you. But I think this morning is about you saying, Holy Spirit, what's my Bethel? I mean, what is this? Because it's going to take somebody getting serious about that before God uses you to change others. So what I'd like to do is, as the worship team's leading us, I would just love it if you would sit and listen to the Holy Spirit. So just for a moment, bow your heads and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we ask, what is our Bethel? I just want you to sit for a moment and listen to him. Second question, Holy Spirit, how can I posture myself for an encounter with you? Just ask him that and wait for a moment. I'd like to ask all of you to stand up with me. We're going to worship, and as we do this, I want to invite you to take a physical posture that resembles whatever the Lord just said. If you need to come down here to the altar, come and do that. If you need to find a place in the back where you can just kneel down or just, just focus on God, do that. If you need to sit back down in your seat and just rest, do that. Just take a physical posture as we sing.
that invites the Lord to speak to your heart. Spirit of the living God, start with me. Anybody else want to say that? God, start something in us. God, I pray for every single person who you're speaking to. Ask in Jesus Christ's name you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that by the indwelling power of your spirit, you would give them a brokenness over the word of God that the scripture would cut us to the heart. God, would you remove the hardness of heart and the desensitized attitude we've gained? I pray you'd bring revival in us and that would result in a revival in your church. Lord, we need that this day. God, I just ask for every single person this morning, whatever you're speaking, whatever they're needing, wherever they're at, in the name of Jesus Christ, fill them. And start with us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know, we're going to keep an atmosphere of prayer. So if you want to just remain and pray, you can. Before you go, though, I have one very important announcement. I really want to encourage you, these talkback sessions are not going to be like information. It's going to be like spiritual, deep stuff. So the best way I can give you a chance to respond to what God's speaking to you is to invite you to the talkback session. So seriously, one is right now, in just a second, don't quite leave yet. I'm going to go up the stairs, second level of the chapel, there's going to be pizza, talk back up there. If you can't make it then, no worries, you have one at 1220. Uh, if you cannot make either of those, uh, we're going to put just a slide up here on the screen. And uh, we have a phone number up here for our ministry. I would love it if you could text that phone number, okay? Just text your name to that phone number. Can we get that slide up there? Text your name to that phone number. 765-618-1799. This is just, if you're like, dude, my schedule's packed. I cannot make it today, but I want to talk. We would love to connect with you, okay? Our executive leadership coach is going to get this text, respond to you with three alternative times in the next week. We can meet. Again, this is not information. I'm not trying to like change the attitude. I'm just saying we're going to talk deep about how do you practically experience personal revival, okay? Once again, 765-618-1799. Just text your first and last name to that. You'll get a text back, all right? You're welcome to remain and pray. Go in the grace of God, empowering you to experience revival. You're sent out.